Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Lockwood, and on the surface, I teach you how to declutter your home so you can focus on what matters most to you as a mom, which I'm guessing isn't those laundry mountains, dishes stacked to the sky, and the tornadoes you clean up all day. My hope for this podcast is so much more than teaching you to declutter. I record all of my episodes live and in real time so that you can have the experience of a mom friend who gets you and is there for you. My audio isn't perfect, my kids might interrupt us, but the conversations we have are real, impactful, and proof that there are other moms like you that decluttering has worked for. If you want to join me and thousands of other moms for live episodes, go find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Just search Motherhood Simplified and we'll welcome you with open arms. See you soon. All right, everybody, we have Miko, the budget mom today. We started chatting a little bit and I'm so excited to talk to her that we just kind of like, we jumped right in. And <laughs> I'm super excited for you guys to listen in on this conversation. Um, Miko, you're like, you're my goal, right? Like I've told people this before, like this is what I want to do. And I felt crazy and you felt the same way. Like I, when I tell people I want to do these big kinds of things, People look at you like you're crazy, right? Um, so let's just, let's get right into it and kind of go back to what we were talking about. Um, you said something, okay, so this is a quote that makes me think of you. He who is trusted with little can be trusted with much. And before we hit record, that's exactly what you were talking about is like, you didn't just buy a house with cash because you, you, you budgeted your paycheck. You bought a house with cash because you believed you could do that and you could do big things. So let's get back into that. Let's talk about how you kind of transitioned from having a normal job and normal paycheck into where you're at now. <laughs> so yeah, that transition was actually a very long transition. It's not like I just flipped a switch and, and went for it. So for me, I like to be prepared in all areas of my life before I make a decision. And one of the things that kind of made me that way was having my son. When I had my son, I knew that I couldn't just make decisions and figure it out later. I had to make sure that what I was doing was going to take care of him also, which is a huge responsibility. Um, so transitioning from a nine, an eight to five job, you know, where you're getting a guaranteed paycheck, you're a W-2 employee to all of a sudden running your own business or working for yourself or being a full-time entrepreneur. It was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done in my entire life. Um, it took me two years to prepare financially to make that jump of leaving that steady and guaranteed paycheck. Um, because all of a sudden you realize that Clothing and putting clothes on your child's back, putting food on the table, making sure that they have a life that you want them to have and the experiences that and opportunities that you want them to have is solely based on your capabilities of generating income with this huge business idea or dream that you might have. And for me, that was really, really scary. Um, and also, you know, hiring my first employee, that was really, that was probably another really big scary moment because all of a sudden you're responsible for taking care of someone else and just like my son taking care of my employees I wanted to make sure not only could I pay them but I wanted to make sure that I could give bonuses that I could offer paid vacation um, and so that transition was took two years it was me making sure I have emergency savings not just personally but for my business me making sure and feeling comfortable that my business was stable, not just in the present, but in the future, that we had specific goals and a plan in place to make sure that the budget mom was sustainable in the long run and that this wasn't some crazy, you know, one week fluke, um, which I always kind of thought of that, you know, I started the budget mom to build a community, not a business. 
And in fact, the, the first day we made our first hundred bucks, I'm like, what is going on here? Like this, this is a possibility This this is really happening. And it's happening without me making a whole lot of effort to generate income. Um, and, and so really that was my kind of transition, but it, it is a scary thing. I think that's what holds a lot of entrepreneurs back. It's going from a guaranteed paycheck and jumping into the unknown. And, but for me, I think my passion for helping people, I woke up every single day with something to say, with something to share, something that I felt was so important that could change people's lives. I, I lived and I breathed it and I thought about it every single day. And I think once you have that internal feeling in your gut and you have that passion and drive, then something needs to be done with it. And for me, that, that was really the budget mom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I love it so much. So <laughs> that's exactly, exactly what you, you're saying is, um, so a few things, cause I have notes about just things that you've said is that it sounds to me like for that, those two years and obviously the years, you know, after you had your son, you were basically practicing, you were basically practicing managing your money, which, um, even your post this morning on Instagram was, I, I can't remember exactly what it said, but you know, basically you're, it doesn't matter how much money you're making, you can manage it. You can direct it where you want it to go. And it's a skill. And I think that's what I love so much. I was really resistant. And I told, told my audience this too. I was like, I was so resistant. I was like, it, it won't work for me. Right. Because I am an entrepreneur and we have variable income and I am in that I'm still in within like the first two years of my business. And you do, you, you have to, it's a skill, right? It's a skill to generate income, right? And especially, I think, too, I think it too, it's important to mention, it's not just a skill, it's a learned skill. Yes, so exactly. We're, we're not born, we're not born with all of these amazing money management skills, right? Um, for me, this, this is nine years of learning mm -hmm. and building up those skills and creating daily habits and good financial management every single day for nine years. Um, and so I don't want people to, to get discouraged if they don't have those skills right away. Um, it's definitely something that's going to take time and, and consistency. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think, cause I pulled my audience just lately cause I heard about them from you and I was like, what kind of questions do you guys have for her? And the question that came up that I thought was really interesting that you're covering right now is it, is that they feel like it's un, it's like too big of a gap almost. Mm -hmm. And I want, I wanted to do this episode so that I could show you guys, like, it doesn't have to be that way. It's not fair for you to look at somebody across the golden gate bridge and be like, I can never get there. Right. They walked across it themselves. You have to take those small steps and the way that you break it down. Cause I have your, I think I left it upstairs. I forgot upstairs, but I have the budget by paycheck workbook upstairs. And that's exactly what it does. It literally shows you how to take these steps and to master this skill that literally anybody can use. And in the spirit of transparency, guys, I, I was so resistant, right? I was like, this won't work for me. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not making a whole lot of money. But the thing is, is that I could take your system and I just, I, I made it work for me, right? Like I don't have consistent income. So instead of breaking it down by dollar amounts, I broke it down by percentages, right? Like 40% of my income that I make is going toward food. 
Mm-hmm. And I broke it down like that until until I need to change it, right? Until I am making right. consistent revenue. Yeah, and that's what that's what people really need to work on and give themselves grace with there is no right or wrong way to budget your money. I'm doing it one way. It's worked for me. I've seen the benefits in my own life. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to give people a foundation, stepping stones that would allow them to launch off. Because once you start doing all this work, all of a sudden things that make sense to you, things that actually click in in your real life become really apparent. It's like, okay, well, she's doing it this way, but it might not work for me. So I'm going to tweak it a little bit but I give you those find out foundational steps to jump from. Um, it's funny that you said, you know, you asked your readers and the first, you know, one of the things that kept getting brought up was it's such a, it's, it's like, here's me. And then here's Miko, you know, 10 miles ahead of me. What she did is so unrelatable. And I get that a lot from my readers. And the first thing that I feel when I hear people say it's unrelatable, I could never do that, is I feel sadness. I feel sad. I feel sad. Yeah, I feel sadness because you are doing yourself such a disservice by not believing in yourself to accomplish huge and amazing things. If I would have kept myself in that mindset, I would still have my debt. I would still be living in an 800 square foot apartment. I would still be struggling to pay for the opportunities I want to seize with my son. I'd be in a very much different place than I am now. But what people real need to realize is didn't start here. Okay. This is nine years in the making. And when I was saving money for my dream home, I didn't say to myself, I'm going to save $800,000 right now and I'm going to get there. No. What I did was I said, I'm going to save $1,000 this month. That's my goal. It's not 800,000. It's not a million. It's $1,000 this month. I would accomplish it. The next month I would say, okay, my goal is to make 500 extra dollars this month to put toward my house goal. So I would accomplish that. And what happened is every single time you hit those small steps, those small goals, you start to believe in yourself a little bit more. You start to find hope. You start to see the end goal coming to life in your head, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so when people say it's unrelatable, it's like stop leaving these big dreams and these big goals to the millionaires. I was a single mom who started this journey making $24,000 a year. And, you know, I thought to myself every day, who am I to sit here and think that on $24,000 a month, I could ever pay off my student loans or become debt free, let alone buy my dream home with cash. But it was that shift in my mindset, as well as support from my community and the people around me saying, Nico, you got this. Like, heck girl, you can do this. And it started, you know, I started believing in myself. So I really want to caution people from telling themselves it's not relatable. And I want them to start rephrasing it to, okay, she did this. This is a goal of mine too. What are the baby steps I can take to get there? Yeah. Ah, I'm so, okay. I, I know I keep saying this, but I'm so happy to be talking to you about this because, um, when I, Okay, I'll be completely honest. If somebody would have told me this like two years ago, I would have been like, you know, that's crazy. 
she, uh, she got lucky. She had some special circumstance. She had something that I don't have, right? Two years ago, that would have been me. And so when I saw that come through this morning, I was like, no, like, do not, do not tell yourself that because you sell yourself short before you even have a chance. And the thing about hearing stories like yours is that now that I have decided that this, you know, I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't serve anybody for me not to do this, right? If, if you hadn't done this, not only would you not have it, but you wouldn't be telling other people that it's possible for them. And I think that's so unfair to yourself to sell yourself short, but it's also unfair to people that can hear your story and, and be inspired by it. And, um, I forgot where I was going with that, but basically, basically. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I was, just what you just said, you know, you, you tell yourself, well, I don't have the skills. Like, she must have something special. You right. know, she must have some kind of crazy circumstances. She must have inherited money. And that's just not the case. I, I don't have any special skill set. You know, it's not, I don't have any anything miraculous that happened in my life to get me here except for pure dedication and motivation of sticking to a budget, learning how to manage my money pro you know, properly and saving um, and, and tackling those small goals along the way. Um, and a lot of these skills that I have that got me there were all learned skills on this journey, on my financial journey. So, you know, you don't sit there and, and, and tell yourself, well, I don't have anything special. You do have something special. You yeah. have you. Yeah. You're special and yeah. you're capable of it. And so that you have to just tell yourself that every day. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, that I heard a few months back that maybe if you're listening to this and you also feel like, you know, it, it can't be possible for you. I can't do this. I don't have enough or whatever. Somebody said that you can't have something for yourself until you're able to celebrate it for somebody else, which means that if you hear stories that are like, I wish I could have that, but you know, but, but then you're like, she got lucky. She had something else. She blah, blah, blah. You're not ever going to be able to get it for yourself. And that's so unfair because you really can do it, especially in 2020 guys. Like we live in a time where you can literally do anything. We have the internet, we have the world at our hands. Like you can, I have a business on decluttering, right? Because I'm like, that's the thing that I'm good at. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and I know that it helps people and you just, you find a community of people that you want to help and serve and you tell yourself that you're worthy of this and you can, you can generate more income, which is the next thing that I kind of wanted to talk to you about. Um, because when you started this again, just to go back to the quote, he who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. Like I was a teacher making similar 24,000, maybe like I think it was $10 an hour. So whatever that is, right. Mm -hmm. That's not a lot. Um, and I had this realization a few years back of like, in 40 years, if I'm still making $10 an hour, I'm not going to be where I want to be. And I think that was a really big turning point for me to like try and figure out how to generate other kinds of income. What was that turning point for you? Well, really when the budget mom, you know, really started gaining momentum and look, the budget mom's only been around for four years. I started this I started blogging in 2016 and the, the, the business has grown sub substantially in the last two years. But I think for me, what happened was, is I, I never looked at it as how can I make more money? 
I don't think that question has ever come across my mind with my business. My question is always, how can I provide the most value? Because people don't just pay for your products and your services. They pay for the value that you bring to their lives. And so for me, it was always about like, okay, not only can I, can, you know, not only do I want to help change these people's lives, but I want to be a value every single day. I want to hear my readers say, I learned something from the budget mom every single day. It's made an impact in my life in this way every single day. On the, the, the amount of value and what kind of value we bring to people's lives. That's when we really started seeing a shift in the increase of income that we were seeing here at the budget mom. But I also think that, you know, I'm all about like the whole thing of, I don't know. I, 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 I want to make sure I get the saying right. It's like you, you teach what you preach or you preach what you teach. Yeah. You like walk your walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just out there like putting products out in the world. I wanted to make sure that for me, I knew that they could bring significant value. And the one way I knew that is because I used it in my everyday life. Mm -hmm. It changed my life in some beneficial way, right? And those were the products that people, all of us saying, Miko, is there any way that you could offer this? Because I really feel like this could help me in my life. And then all of a sudden we were like, okay, how can we offer this to our readers in the most cost efficient and, and beneficial way that we can, but still produce the product. And that's how we live and breathe here at the budget mom. It's like, how can we get these products to our readers, but in a really affordable way and still produce the best quality products. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's really where and how we've gotten to this point now. Yes. And going, circling back to the people who tell themselves like it's not relatable. The reason that I think you are relatable is because if you just like, if you just put the story aside, right? If you don't think about how hard it would be or how it doesn't have to be hard by the way, but you know, how much has to go into buying a house for cash, right? But if you put that aside and just looked at the steps of like, this is how you budget. This is a book because I'll be completely honest. I bought your book kind of on an impulse of like, I really don't even care like the details of how it works. I know that if I buy this and I commit myself to this, it will work for me, right? Like it will change my mindset and my practices and my habits. And it's not so much about the details and having the perfect system. It's like knowing that it's worked for you and other people and it will work for me too. So um, I think that's so relatable. It's the system mm -hmm. that you use. It's a system that so many other people use and don't, don't try and like make it into something that it's not. It's just a system, right? To practice these skills and habits right. um, for directing your money. Because ultimately, if you don't make it work for you, it's not going to work for you. <laughs> right. And that, you know, it's funny because the budget by paycheck method was really created out of all of my failures mm -hmm. along the way. I took those, those failures. I stopped looking at the negative. I started looking at the positive. Um, and ultimately created this amazing budgeting system. But I also think it's really important that, you know, like you were saying, you have to customize it to you. 
So my big thing was, and why I felt like I was failing in the beginning is because I tried doing my budget and my finances exactly like I saw Dave Ramsey do it. Exactly like I saw Susan Orman do it. Like exactly how I saw all these big financial influencers do it. And I never gave myself a chance to make a realistic budget work in my real life. I was too focused on doing it their way where I was setting myself up to fail from the beginning, essentially. Um, I was in a budgeting box and I didn't really know how to get myself out of it until I really gave my permission to say, okay, my mind's not working, this isn't working, what do I need to do? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And just being open to it, I think is where anyone who's listening is you're good. That's where you're going to find success is being open. Just honestly, I think the biggest thing that we have kind of indirectly talked about is that this is a mindset thing, right? You have to believe that you deserve to have this, right? You deserve to have comfort and security in your finances, right? Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, I, I would argue everybody, they need to, that means they need to take control of it, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing that feels secure or comforting about having no plan and no control. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. So when you have a budget, no matter how you decide to do it, it gives you that comfort and it gives you that security. And in turn, it's just this upward spiral of having confidence and then, you know, having the money spent in the ways that you need and want to spend it. Um, no matter how much money you have, right guys, like I'm not making a lot of money right now. (laughs) I'm not, but I keep telling myself like, these are the habits that I need, right? These, this is the foundation that I need. Um, so does anybody have any questions? I'm watching up there. So I don't see any questions, but, um, so just to kind of switch gears a little bit, because we, what I talk about mostly is like decluttering and relationships with Mm -hmm. our stuff. And I know that part of your story is your divorce and like, losing all your stuff. Right. Um, so did you feel, and okay, let me, let me figure out how to word this. I know in your house now, like you have like very cute, like your photo wall, right? Like you bought those frames on a super budget, like I think $2 a frame or something. Um, how have you noticed your relationship with like the things and stuff that you buy and have and inside of your home specifically and your money, especially being in a position where you, you lost it all. Yeah. So my, my attitude and the way I look at the things I surround myself with has dramatically changed. I'm talking about 180 compared to where I used to be when I started this journey. I think that something happened to me on this self-discovery journey. I dealt with self-confidence issues my whole life. I was the type of girl that compared myself to others, but even more so after my divorce and becoming a single mom, I had this tremendous amount of guilt. I'm talking about absolute heartbreaking, life-shattering guilt, where there were some days where I honestly felt like I did not know how to get up and live my life. It was that my divorce really was probably one of the hardest moments of my entire life. Um, After that, I started spending money on things to make myself feel better, to compensate for all of those negative feelings. I started buying my son things 
to compensate for me having this guilt of putting him through this traumatic experience, right? I wanted him to be happy. Um, but the more that I focused on my finances and knowing what I needed to accomplish, I started asking myself the hard question, why am I doing this? Because the answer is not easy. It was very hard to honestly answer myself. I'm doing this because I'm not happy internally. I have massive amounts of, of guilt and shame and embarrassment that I'm dealing with. Once I could deal with the root cause of my emotions, I started realizing that my son's happiness isn't based around what I could buy him. I started focused on things that didn't cost money, things that weren't stuff. I started focusing on quality time. I started noticing a change in my son. He was talking more with me. His laugh was different. His personality was different. And now the way that I look at it is you can surround yourself with all the things in the world that make you happy. And then one day it won't make you happy because stuff does not give you the happiness that you're ultimately craving. Um, and like you were talking about my photo frames, moving into this house was a huge shift for me because I went from an 800 square foot house apartment to over a 6,500 square foot house. And because I've changed my mindset around stuff and the stuff that I accumulate, I'm completely content with what I have. Yeah. And I think that came from bringing financial awareness into my life. It's like, I no longer wanted more. I no longer wanted new. I no longer wanted this, this, and this, and this. I finally was at peace and had this new level of gratitude for the things that I did have. Um, and like, even now, four months later, my house will, is still not furnished, fully furnished. And it probably won't be for a long time because honestly, I don't feel the need or the burden to go out and spend money to make myself happy in this space. I'm truly content and grateful for what I have. And I think that came from just, you know, nine years of learning to love myself and, and being truly content with what I have. Yes. Okay. I love that. So that this wasn't on my list of things to ask you, but I'm curious now. So we, I've been pretty open with my audience too, like about us renting. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, um, the expectation is that people just go out and buy houses, right? They get a mortgage, they pay a whole lot of money on their mortgage. And the house is like the, the picture of happiness. Right. And like we, as, as our family, we've traveled around a lot. We move a lot. Um, we haven't bought. And part of it is because we move so much, but part of it is because it never felt like right for us. Like we didn't know where we wanted to have our family and we didn't know what we actually wanted in a house. We didn't know where we wanted to be. We didn't know what, um, and on this topic of what you're saying is like, we had to learn a lot about being content and mm -hmm appreciating what we had instead of getting so caught up in what we don't have. And we're at a place where we're like, we're really close, right? Like we're so close to finally finding a house and, and settling into it. And because I teach about decluttering and like people assume that I'm like this minimalist or something that, that, I, that we're going to have a small house. Right. But we don't want that. And it's not because we want, you know, a big, huge house just to be like, 
look at our amazing house. It's because we have right. five kids, first of all, <laughs> right? Wow. So, <laughs> you know, right. So first of all, we have five kids, but the second part of it is that that's the vision that we want for our family. Yeah. We want, we want a place that we can be forever. Like, and I get like goosebumps talking about it. I want a place where my grandkids can come to us down the road. I want a place, you know, a house with enough space and land that like, and I, I'll try not to cry, but like where my, my grandkids can come and like have this space. And I feel like that's what your house is too. Like you have acres and space and it's just this place that I want my family to, to be able to be in. And it's, it'll be big, right? It'll be big and it will be pretty. And that's okay. I don't think that we have to settle for like, you know, anything less than that too. Like if you want a tiny house, that's okay. Right. But if you want a big, beautiful house too, for your family, that's okay too. And it's totally possible. Yeah. Uh, I got that question a lot from my readers. Like Miko, you only, you know, it's only your boyfriend and you have one kid. Like, why did you buy, you know, a 7,000 square foot home and 10 acres? What for me, like you said, this is my dream home. Okay. I'm never moving again. And you know, I, to be 100% completely honest, I don't know if I'm done having children, even at 34 years old. Um, I, you know, the adopting is always a possibility for me. Um, and I've always pictured having a, slip, a sibling for my son. So that's, I wanted room for us to grow. Yeah. But ultimately, I, when I worked so incredibly hard to reach this, it's going to be what I envisioned for myself. And I'm okay saying that out loud. And I think that you have to be able to do that for yourself. If that's your dreams and what you truly want to accomplish, then you need to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just don't sell yourself short, right? There's so many opportunities. There are so many different ways to make this a reality and it is a learned skill and yeah, just, I'm super happy that we got to have this conversation. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's what people are saying. Yeah. Janelle is on here. She's saying, that's what I want to a place that my family will come back to. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I want that. You know, that, that was my main thing with here at this house is I I've always invented envisioned, not just my family, but Christopher, my boyfriend, Christopher's family all together in the same space, my entire life. I've never had a space where everyone in the family could get together for the holidays. And that's something that I really, really wanted, something that was really important to me. And now that's a reality here. So that, that was another reason of, of why we chose this home. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just, I'm sure you can imagine it too. I just imagine like all of your future grandkids being like, Grandma Miko's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun at Grandma Miko's house. Um, yeah. I love that so much. Thank you so much for talking with us. Um, just like quick details about the budget bay paycheck. I know you have it offered so that you can download it and print it mm -hmm. and then you sell it once a year. Is that how it works? Yeah. So starting this year, the budget by paycheck workbook is going to be launched in October, October 15th of 2020. And after that, we'll have it in stock in inventory year round. Oh yay. So, yeah. So before we were dealing with limited quantities only because we were limited by inventory space. Um, but we just bought a brand new distribution center where we have the space now to keep up with inventory demand. And so that will be offered year round starting October, 2020. But until then we always do have the printable version available. 
Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So guys go to, it's just the budgetbomb.com. You guys probably actually already know where she is. Cause you told me about her, <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just give it a shot. Right. If you're struggling, if you feel like you can't do it, just, just try it. Right. Because I think you'll be super surprised. So thank you so much for this. Yep. Thank you. All right. Hey friend. Did you love this episode? If you did, I would love if you took a screenshot of it and shared it with somebody else. Okay. The whole point of this is to create a community of moms who get each other, who support each other, and who, when they find something that helps them, they share it with somebody. So I would love if you shared this podcast with somebody with maybe just a little note about how it helped you or how it inspired you so that it can help somebody else. I would also love it if you left me a review. Leaving a review lets me get better stats on the internet and blah, blah, blah. Basically, it helps me help more moms like you. I would so appreciate it. If you hated this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of impressed that you listened to it all and you're still listening. So still leave me a review, still share it, <laughs> because I'm sure somebody can benefit from it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you, but when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the Motherhood Simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.